This is episode 28 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is growth consultant and marketing strategist, Brian Wish. Let's get it started. Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. You know, for folks that are newer to the podcast, haven't listened before, um, you know, just to kind of share some of the stuff we're doing here, you know, I talk with so many different guests um, from, from really all different walks of life, um, but they're all folks that have a mindset and a motivation to accomplish greater things in their life. So maybe it's you know business owners that have started corporations. Maybe it's small businesses, you know bloggers, those type of things. You know I talk with comedians, fitness professionals, you name it, and it runs the gamut on a variety of different individuals. But like I said, the mindset is still the same. Where do I want to go in life? Whether you know it's something where I was early in my career and I started out, or hey, maybe I want a whole different career together, or maybe I want a side hustle, something to do at night or on the weekends away from my full time job. There's a variety of different um, different uh, applications of this, but the reality is that all these different folks we're talking with, hopefully they'll be able to inspire and motivate you to give you some great tips and insights, um, some philosophical knowledge, I don't know, um, to be able to kind of get you along on your way or to continue on your own path. You know, and one of those things that happens a lot on these journeys, is, as you guys may well know, is these serendipitous moments where you're not sure what's going on. You kind of put the pieces together over time, but it's really when you look back down the path, you realize, oh, wow, all these little things led to you know the particular moment I'm in right now. Uh, and that's kind of how I got Brian Wish on this podcast. Um, funny story, actually, um, kind of how it worked out, but um, I'll share the Cliff Notes version here. But anyways, I started following a gentleman by the name of Alan Gannett over a year ago um, on LinkedIn. Um, he's the CEO and founder of TrackMaven. Um, they actually just uh, merged with a company this past week, so congrats to those guys. But I followed Alan because he had some great insight, um, really solid knowledge on entrepreneurship and starting businesses, those type of things. Um, he did like these little one to two minute interviews with uh, different individuals. So he was putting a lot of good content out. Um, so I appreciated that and, and kept following him along. When I was starting this particular podcast, I said, man, I got to reach out to him. So I did. And sure enough, he actually said, yeah, Brian, I would love to be on it. Um, hey, let's wait those six months because I'm launching a new book. I got a lot going on right now, but I will be ready in the summertime to, uh, to have the podcast. He said, though, let me connect you with Brian Wish, who's going to be helping me launch and promote the book. And that's how Brian and I first got connected. So we stay connected through email for a while. I got Alan on the podcast um, this past summer. Unfortunately, as some of you may know, I've talked about this in the past, is uh, I actually had some technical uh, issues with the audio, and it never I was never able to air it, um, unfortunately. So I kind of call it my lost episode here. So hopefully Alan will be nice enough to jump back on the podcast here in the future. Uh, but anyways, again, that led me to stay in contact with Brian, and him and I sync back up about a month ago. Um, where I asked him to be on the podcast, and he said, absolutely, Brian, would love to do it. So here we are. And it was really interesting to you know hear his journey of, of some of the things he went through as a child, um, especially with some injuries, um, some athletic injuries that maybe helped carve his path to what he's doing today. So it's kind of interesting how some of those things happen. I think you guys will appreciate the insight 
um, and that he shares throughout the episode. Uh, but anyways, you can find Brian online pretty easy. Go to his website, um, brianwish.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N-W-I-S-H.com. Check him out on LinkedIn as well. He's got a lot of um, cool content out there. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Brian Wish. Let's get it started. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, so excited to uh, to chat with you. And I'm, I'm always, I'm big on serendipity. Uh, that's just how, you know, how I work and I guess how life happens. And just kind of interesting how you and I connected, you know, over the last year or so. So I'm really, you know, appreciative of you coming on here, kind of talking about your story a little bit. And um, I wanted to start off with something is I always like to peel back the onion, especially how people got started with things and how their life kind of formed, um, especially from the early years. You know, I read something on your website and it was just fascinating. I want to unpack a lot of things to start out here. I'm going to read this verbatim. Um, For as long as I can remember, I've navigated broken realities with unmatched resilience from an an anxious childhood rooted in divorce to rejected athleticism and life-altering injury to misunderstood passions and drives toward the unconventional. I understand the pain of having someone else decide the fate of your own self-acceptance. There is a lot of stuff there. And when I read that, I knew a little about you and, and some of the research. I was like, man, that there might be a lot of stuff early on to talk about. Um, so one of the things I, I want to pick in here and then you kind of go in, in a certain avenue. Um, I want to talk about injury, you know, from athleticism side. I think a lot of us growing up, right, we're into athletics. Um, we, we think we're going to be professional athletes, right? I think everyone that has that dream at, at some point. And then sometimes, whether it's injury or something else happens where you don't do it, can you talk? start in there, and then we're going to go to a few other areas about um, kind of the life-altering injury that you had or, or what happened around from, from that standpoint. Can you start there? Sure. So I've had a number of injuries that have been uh, severe in my life. Uh, my first was when I was trying out for the JV basketball team, I missed the cut my freshman year about 100 plus kids tried out I was one of the last five to ten who were cut and so I trained for a whole year and uh, essentially I was having a great tryout on the second to last tryout I basically tore a muscle in my groin or a part of like the ball and socket in my groin area and I played through it the next tryout and then the first week of practice, and then I had to shut down for three to four uh, months or two to three months. And it was devastating because I worked so hard to attain something for, you know, three prior years up until that point, finally achieved that goal, and then wasn't able to uh, move it forward. So I remember, you know, just showing up to practice, watching, you know, for a team I worked so hard to make and then not being able to contribute towards it. So that was my first kind of big injury uh, that really made me look introspectively. Yeah. And what did you learn? Do you remember back? Cause I mean, I'm assuming you were what, probably 14, 15, maybe at that time. Would that be accurate? Um, yeah. What did you learn from that? Um, going through that like did do you remember back in those days like it, the certain perspective you had on it or maybe you had some self-talk you, you know you sat in your bedroom crying maybe for hours I don't know and like it, it made you bubble up some some new ideas I'm, I'm curious if you remember any of those moments yeah I, I think really if anything it just it showed me you know from 
when I learned that I could work for something and attain it after years and years of blood, sweat, and tears, right? It's similar to a whole startup mentality we have. Uh, but going through it, I think it just gave me the desire and the hunger to uh, just get back on my feet and, and be get right um, and be able to contribute towards the team and, you know, be able to continue playing basketball. That was my one thing that I loved at the time. And so uh, it was really just being patient and understanding and maybe think maybe there's a reason this did happen. You know, it, it, at the time it seemed like everything to me, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it just taught me life lessons. Yeah. You know, what's interesting when I think about that is, and, and obviously looking at what you're doing today and how you're helping a lot of different individuals, you know, do you remember back from, uh, I don't know if you feel the dreams, if you like that movie or not, but I, I think what you just said, it makes me think of, uh, you know, Dr. Graham, remember how they go and, and he's like, you know, if I was only a doctor for a minute, that would have been a tragedy. So it's interesting how some things in life, you know, the perspective changes, but ultimately that leads you on a different path, ultimately do a different success. So really interesting kind of, um, you, you mentioned that there. What else I'm curious? I'm curious from childhood, what else kind of things that you went through, you know, you talk about divorce and if you're, you're welcome, if you're open to sharing stuff with that, you know, I'm, I'm a product. I went through, you know, a divorce family as well, but is there anything that you would share kind of otherwise in childhood that had helped you propel to what you're doing today? Or was it kind of just a randomness that happened later on? I'm, I'm just kind of curious if there's any tie-ins there. Yeah. So I think I, I did. I, I hit divorce at a young age. So I remember in second or third grade, uh, my dad moving out of my house and I didn't really understand at the time what was happening. And what essentially happened was I was at a young age when most kids are just being a normal child. I was forced to, I think, face the hardship and understand how to go through it. Uh, most people, when you talk to them, you know, who grow up in a cushy area, they don't have really anything super hard happen to them in their mid-20s. And for me to go through that at a young age, I think a number of things happened. Uh, I had to emotionally develop much quicker and work through my feelings. I started working with a therapist uh, and doing a lot of writing and expression from a young age, which has played an instrumental role through my development. Uh, it made me question a lot of things about relationships, about the type of uh, – father, husband, family I want to have. I mean, I have a great set of parents. Um, but it just made me ask myself a lot of bigger questions at a young age and probably work through things uh, that have given me skills to maybe take on some risks because it's I don't really uh, fear failure and I don't really um, fear bad things happening because they've just been platforms for me to jump on later on. So probably in those two to three areas. And, and do you think, was it those things or was there anything else? Because I want to, I want to transition um, as easy as possible, I guess, to some of the stuff you started doing from a, a sports standpoint and helping out some different franchise and those type of things. I'm curious, did those things help or were there anything else that you could share that maybe propel you into kind of what you're doing today and, and starting out the beginning of that? You know, you mentioned about, you know, kind of seeing some gap from a ticket sales standpoint, um, especially in the collegiate market and some of the other stuff uh, with some some uh, uh, pro sports uh, franchises. I'm just kind of curious if there was any tie in there. So anything that you learned at early age that yeah. 
develop that. Yeah, absolutely. So because I had an interest in sports uh, growing up, it really played into my role of, of where I put my career first going into college. So I kind of asked myself what I wanted to do from an early age in college, just because I wanted professional meaning and be able to make good money doing that and combine the two. And so when I was sitting with my counselor, I said, you know, what uh, would, you know, what, what do you suggest I do? And he goes, what do you like? And I said, I grew up playing sports and my family had a business background. And he goes, have you thought of sports business? Um, and then that that kind of conversation led me into the whole sports marketing world uh, through many internships, and just getting my hands really dirty led me to what you know I was able to create with Atlanta Hawks and Atlanta Braves. And I can go on to that, um, but that was kind of the starting point. How sports and business from a young age tied into my career once I hit college. Yeah, if you don't mind elaborating, because again, I want folks that are, you know, kind of thinking about, hey, how do I come up with ideas of new stuff? Or how do I yeah. that? It'll, it'll kind of maybe it gets into the creative curve stuff down the road. Um, Absolutely. But like, you know, how do you yeah, how did you, what was the idea you had? Or what were some of the things you thought you can change? And how did you present it to those organizations? Did you have an in? Or did you have to kind of do some some hard, you know, persuasion or grinding to get, get into those organizations? Yeah, that's great. So my into sports was I was applying for internships uh, the summer of my freshman year. I applied to a hundred different places. I heard back from three and I was offered two internships. And the first was at American University in the athletics department. Uh, I took that and I went back to school at University of Georgia and uh, I furthered that experience. I got involved on the agency called IMG on campus and worked in the uh, Georgia events and athletic department as well. Uh, so I got really immersed in all angles of sports from a very young age from on the business side. And then I started working with the Hawks that summer as an intern in their sports programs department. And I literally was responsible for the coordination and execution of 60 uh, partner tour camps that my boss had arranged for the Hawks. And so, you know, I, I like Alan's book. I was uh, – from a consumption standpoint, I w was starting to get my hands in, you know, all these different areas of sports. Uh, and then me being in college, you know, I was also able to recognize certain opportunities. And I saw that the Hawks did not have any marketing efforts towards college campuses. And I thought, why in the world would they not be able to connect, uh, you know, to student groups? And they said, because of high turnover. And so essentially I went, to their head of sales and marketing at the time. And I said, hey guys, here's my plan. I spent, you know, 20 plus hours over the weekend putting this 15 peaks proposal together. I said, here's my plan how we can drive $100,000 in ticket sales next year. And they were mind blown and, and they liked it. And so we started working on putting together all the programming and the pieces. And my junior year of college, I was able to execute it. Uh, and we did like 68,000 the first year in sales. I mean, it was pretty good, accurate in how we did it. And so I, I guess to your point, the, the, the results are a byproduct. I think it's getting your hands really dirty in a specific area, meeting all the right people, asking a lot of good questions and listening, and then identifying where the problems are. And then you start to see problems that, overlap and you say wow there's an opportunity there for me 
to go out and make a difference in that organization or on my own. Um, and, and so I think that's what happened. I was just so in the weeds of sports marketing and sports business that I was able to look at things a lot differently from a young age than people who had been working in the industry for 8, 10, 15 years. And one thing I don't want to get lost there, everyone listening, is, you know, the, the whole premise of, you know, kind of the ideas are shit, execution is everything. You have the idea in your head, you kind of put it together, but if you didn't execute on it, right, we we might not be talking today, right? You you may just kind of be doing whatever, but you executed on it. That gave you a lot of street cred and probably gave you some opportunity to do some additional things as you go along. Would you agree with that? Completely. So how I, did each, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say completely. I think it's all about executing and then getting other people to buy into what you're doing and communicate your idea in a way that empowers others and doesn't make it about you. And then, you know, put the foot on the gas once you line it all up. So how did that transition that if we kind of figure, you know, if we kind of go down the path here, right, you, you work with the Hawks and I think the Braves a little bit, right. And some of the ticket sales and those type of things. And then, and then you turned a little bit, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, is it the, the Karos uh, or Karos society um, kind of started that you had the, uh, the wish dish. Can you talk a little about those endeavors uh, that you've done? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it, um, I kind of looked at the, the ceiling of sports and sports business and i had a big job out of college you know if i wanted it at a firm on madison avenue i kind of looked at that journey kind of looked down that path and i was just like is success to me making four hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars at the top of a sports organization when by the time i'm 28 like is that what like i'm going for uh to me the answer was no like i i didn't really care i, I started to realize like I could accomplish what I set my mind to, but it wasn't going to be fulfilling. So why do it just because it's with a paycheck? So um, in that time, I had kind of this quarter life crisis um, or midlife crisis at 20, 20 years old. And I started asking myself, like, who am I? What is my identity? I had a world of depression, just, uh, just like really like starting to figure out who I was beyond just what I wanted to accomplish. And those kind of questions, conversations, that six-month period of my life was transformative. Um, I walked out of that period um, just with a new uh, insight into who I was. And that led me to starting my first you know, tech startup when I was a senior in college. It was called Wishdish, which was a platform for people to share uh, very kind of humanized stories about who they were, really on anything, but just giving them a platform to express. Um, and you know, it was a fascinating experience. I had to learn the tech world. I had to learn content. I had to learn marketing, you know, all these foreign skills that aren't even taught in sports, you know, it, it was, it was fascinating. And ultimately the business wasn't successful. I didn't have a good plan or a roadmap, but we accomplished a lot. And after that experience of going out on my own, sleeping on my friend's floor for six to eight months, uh, I, you know, figured I need to pick up the skill sets from really successful people and organizations or uh, opportunities that will further my network, further my skills, and then be able to go take those packages together and do something on a much larger scale one day. So that's what led me to Kairos and ultimately Allen. 
could you share for especially going through that experience and obviously and you know there was probably a lot of you know restless nights and those type of things it, someone else that's looking again to start their own business is there one or two i don't even want to use the word tips but things they should look out for maybe that you wish you knew prior to kind of getting into wish dish sure so i mean the the, the first thing i'd say honestly is is build a great network of people you want to emulate at your own age and then above you and even below you. I, I think having a network of people you can lean on, have conversations with, uh, and have very real conversations allows you to uh, uh, really just develop mentally in ways that allow you to think about starting a business. So one, networking, I think along with that, asking really good questions, you know, understanding fundamental problems people have in their jobs and their personal lives, being a really good listener. Uh, I think these are all skills if you, that allow you to kind of start manifesting ide you know, the ideation process. Uh, I, like, I don't think you just come up with an idea in your sleep. I don't. I think it really is a very experiential process. And, you know, by applying certain tactics and frameworks to that you know it should become more repeatable every time but i really believe it comes down to uh, networking asking the right questions and being a really good listener and using that to develop an idea that's great that's a great insight there thanks for sharing that um and and to that point though i guess as a, as a little transition so let, let's talk a little bit about um some of the stuff you're doing obviously recently or and and now is uh, around working with uh Alan Gannett, um, CEO and, and founder of Track Maven, just launched his book, The Creative Curve. How did you how did you get in touch with Alan? How did that relationship start? Yeah, that was through Kairos. So I was uh, I built a global community there, very young entrepreneurs all around the world, and we had a chapter at George Washington. And I was moving to DC, so you know, I had set up a meeting with the person we appointed at GW named Ari Krasner, and uh, he said, hey, you need to meet Alan. He's the most successful entrepreneur here in D.C. Uh, you just need to meet him. And I said, great. So uh, I reached out to Alan. I said, hey, uh, Ari Krasner said we needed to meet. And uh, so he said, let's get coffee. This was October of 2017 or September. And I show up to the meeting. I have no idea, you know, what to expect. I didn't even know really much about Alan. I just kind of knew of a referral of Ari's. And so I show up to the meeting. Alan blasts me with questions. I felt so unprepared walking out. I was just mind blown that, you know, I got, I talked the whole time. He totally dominated the conversation in a good way. And, um, you know, we stayed in touch. I sent Alan, he told me he had a book coming out and I was going to do a book for my first startup wish dish. And so I sent him the marketing plan I put together, just kind of my ideas. Uh, that was in my Google Drive. And I said, here's this. I don't know if it helps, but good luck. Uh, three weeks later, I get an email when I was at the Forbes conference. And he wrote, and it, he said, hey, uh, do you want to run my book launch? And I, my jaw kind of dropped. And I was just like, whoa. And to me, it was just the perfect opportunity at the right time to learn from someone super successful, pick up digital skills, and you know, help spread a message I, I truly believed in. Well, so and that's that's pretty neat how that all how that all worked out. Um, let's talk a little bit deeper on that kind of marketing strategy and stuff because 
one, and, and I'll be the first to admit this, I am not a big reader. I don't read many books. Um, actually, Alan's book is one of the few I've probably read in my adult life. Um, and I loved it. It was absolutely phenomenal, the research that he did with it and stuff. I thought it was extremely well written. Um, the reason I mention that is I'm very aware of a lot that goes on in terms of promotion and those type of things. And you guys had a, I'm going to use a quote around, you guys had a, like a Gary Vaynerchuk type book launch. I mean, there was a lot of publicity. There was, I mean, LinkedIn was blown up. It seems like every day with, we're having this book launch or people were talking about it or whatever. It was really impressive, the stuff you guys did. So I'm kind of curious if you could share how how you had ideas to set up different, uh, the book launch and some of the marketing initiatives, kind of what thoughts went behind that, um, and maybe any tips for folks that are writing their own book and how they might, you know, think about those first few steps out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. So from, uh, if you're an author, you know, I think the best way to look at writing a book is, is similar to launching a startup. You don't just write a book and say, oh, hey, here it is, world, come buy it. You know, I think you need to create a plan and map out execution uh, and understand, you know, what are the things that you're trying to achieve? If you're trying to hit, you know, lists versus if you're trying to self-publish and just build speaking engagements, you know, those are two completely separate but similar strategies that you need to account for. And so with Alan, the first thing we did was we asked ourselves, what are the things that, you know, what are you trying to accomplish, Alan? And then how do we build a strategy around that from a social perspective, from a speaking perspective, from a podcast perspective? You know, what are the things that you're trying to do? Um, and, and, you know, just build a process around it. And I can go more into the tactics, but I think it's really important to start out with end goals first and then break down the plan from there. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, yeah. Based on, you know, time and, and how deep you want to go uh, that you could share, what were maybe one or two of the bigger, um, you know, quote unquote tactics that you guys used um, to try to get the, the book out there, get some publicity for it. Right. So what was great about Alan when I started working with him, he already had an audience and that was powerful. He had, I think 40, he had 35,000 followers on LinkedIn when I first started uh, working with him, which grew to about 65 by the time I was done. So, you know, he had an audience to leverage. And so essentially we were able to plug in, you know, if we had a podcast, we were able to leverage the audience. If we wanted to, you know, line up newsletters for Alan's newsletter to get one, we always kind of had a quid pro quo mentality and gave back to the people who were helping us promote the book because we were able to leverage an audience. And then additionally, because of the audience, we were able to, uh, you know, sell the book into it. He, I know Alan spent a lot of time on LinkedIn, uh, you know, just asking people to buy the book. He had thousands and thousands of connections and people who engaged with his content. So when he created content, he really did a nice job getting people excited about what he was doing and then, you know, creating content around it and then having people buy. Um, and so we kind of just, the idea was let's create this snowball effect and then leverage social in front of us and leverage the audience and then boom, let it fly. And that's kind of what we did. And it was, um, you know, we tried to line up also all the release dates, you know, from a PR standpoint on the first two or three weeks of launch. 
So it almost just felt like this great storm where you saw Alan's book literally everywhere. And for folks that don't have the following, right? Because that may be the big question. Well, you know, Brian, you know, I don't have a big following. I'm, you know, I'm starting from, you know, starting from the bottom type thing. Um, how would you recommend, would you say more online engagement's important? Would you say it's, hey, try to get out in your local community and set up, you know, in person and start kind of do grassroots stuff? Is, is there any kind of um, advice you'd give in that arena? Yeah, so if you ask me, uh a year ago, or I'm sorry, if you asked me two years ago, I would have probably said grassroots, grassroots, grassroots. And I found very communal and very kind of people-centric. But I think when you bring digital into the forefront, if you can, I would, if I were you or if I was an author, I would build an audience first from a digital standpoint. Um, and I would build the audience and then I would create ways for people in the audience to get involved on a grassroots level. And, you know, whether it's helping them with events, ambassador programs, uh, there's a variety of things you can do. But I think the biggest thing is start building the audience digitally because you can literally um, leverage that um, to whatever you want to do. And I think, there's a podcast with Ryan Holiday and uh, what's his other Ryan Holiday and uh, Ryan Hawk, and basically it's it's a, called How to Create Timeless Work, and the whole message there and similar to what Alan did is foster and build that audience first, and then leverage it in the ways from a grassroots level or influencer level and all the things you want to do down the road. On that note there, you're talking about the podcast. What are some different ways that you continue to learn? Do you listen to podcasts? Is there certain books that are go-tos for you? Is there mentors that you always reach out to? I'm just kind of curious where you continually gain knowledge and, and improve. Yeah, absolutely. So I am more of a person to read based on where I am in my life. Uh, I do read a lot of books. For instance, uh Here's an example. If, if there's a few people in my life who reach out within a similar time frame and say, hey, Brian, you need to read this book, and they tell me three or four times, it's usually a good indicator that that will be very valuable, and so I pick it up. Or if I'm at a point where I'm trying to learn um, an aspect of what I'm trying to do, um, I just pick up the content myself. For instance, uh, when I was in college and I wanted to figure out more about like purpose and how to align purpose with profit, I heard about Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, and I picked it up and I read it. So to me, I think it, the recommendations or through what I'm trying to learn and find content in the area uh, that aligns with it. Podcasts work as well. Um, you know, it just, it really just depends. So what are you, you know, looking back, obviously, we've been talking a lot about, you know, obviously the past and some things you've been doing more recently. What's next on your plate? What are the next six to 12 months look like? What are you excited about um, that maybe you can share? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking. So after Alan, I launched my own company, uh, basically under my brand name that I've been building through LinkedIn, my website, brianwish.com. And I am helping entrepreneurs grow their personal brands in the digital communities with content and audience building. I've been helping 
authors launch their own books and kind of take the roadmap, you know, I did with Alan and apply that uh, to other authors. And then I've also been helping big brands kind of launch these grassroots communities as well. So those are the three areas I'm doubling down on. And then, you know, just learning how to build a business uh, on myself and do it successfully and take that experience to hopefully do something with a much bigger market and scalable kind of problem to solve. So that is what I'm doing. I'm just pretty focused on one thing 90% of the time and using 10% of my day to really figure out, you know, what I want to continue learning. So that is, that's me. That's awesome, man. What, where can everyone find you online? Sure. I'm best on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just, uh, uh, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. And then my last name's Wish, like make a wish, W-I-S-H. And then you can email me too. I'm just Brian at BrianWish.com. And yeah, I'm pretty accessible. I'll get, I'll get back to you fairly quick. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your story and uh, good luck to you. Hope to stay in touch as we go along down the road. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Brian, and love what you do. I, I know some past guests like James and Morgan and people that you know, you've interviewed and I've really enjoyed listening to those episodes. So keep up the great work yourself. Well, thanks again for listening on this episode and hope you join on the next. As always, you can find me online at my website, brianondraco.com, as well as at brianondraco on Instagram and Twitter. Um, again, the last name is spelled O-N-D-R-A-K-O. Um, if you guys get a chance and you're loving the podcast, I certainly um, would, would love a review on uh, iTunes or Google Play. Um, would love five stars. If you don't give me five stars, tell me why. I'd love to improve the podcast for you guys. You can listen in um, each and every episode, but I also need some feedback to improve as well. So um, I appreciate any insight you guys have into that. Um, thanks again for listening on this one. Hope to see you next time and have a phenomenal day.